Hey, this is Ron and welcome to Bush Stories. Our guest today is arguably an instinctive archery legend. Uh, if you don't know him by now, you're definitely going to be wanting to check him out after this on YouTube. His channel is phenomenal, loaded with information. Uh, he's going to be talking about his trick shots. Uh, obviously, he's bringing the goods with his hunting stories. And he's got some really incredible shooting mindset advice that he's going to share with you guys, which is just phenomenal. And without further ado, I'd love to welcome Jeff Cavanaugh to Bush Stories. Bush Stories is brought to you by StandingWolfArchery.com. From bow quivers, finger tabs, string silencers, and more. Each Standing Wolf item is made by hand, using materials that only support other American and Canadian small businesses. So if you're looking for rugged, handmade traditional archery gear, visit StandingWolfArchery.com today. We got Jeff Cavanaugh here. And uh, Jeff, it looks like you're cooking up something pretty awesome, actually. I'm eating up pea soup. <laughs> I haven't eaten yet because I've been working on the floor, so... Yeah, no worries, man. Like I said, guys, Jeff Cavanaugh, if you guys have seen his YouTube channel, I mean, just a shooting master, I would have to say. Jeff, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm a huge fan. I, I your, your videos helped me so much with form, back tension. I uh, I shoot instinct for myself, so, you know, that concept of snap shooting really resonated with me. And, uh, yeah, I think we're all, you know, everyone's curious to know what you've been up to. I like to be able to talk to you about just everything and everything. So, Jeff, welcome to Bush Stories. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks yeah. for sharing the pea soup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff, uh, I know I was looking at some of your videos and you mentioned that uh, you're basically, it was your grandfather who got you introduced into hunting or to shooting. How did you make this transition from just shooting into actual trad? Like, what, what got you actually into trad to begin with? Well, when I was a kid, I was always fascinated with Robin Hood, Aaron Flynn. Yeah. That was my. That still is my favorite movie. It'll always be my favorite movie. I always like, you know, when 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 uh, playing as kids, you know, cowboys and Indians. I was always playing the Indian because I always, you know, always had a bow and arrow on my hand. I mean, it was just, I was just I always been drawn to archery, and so I'd always make. I'd be at my grandparents, but I was I was really lucky in that um, when school ended, I went straight up to my grandparents' place in Sudbury. They lived on a lake, and then they've also got the cabin. And, uh, you know, I would spend all my summers there fishing and exploring in the woods and making bows and arrows and stuff, like that, you know, on branches and stuff. Nothing was any, I was never any good at it, but it was just always fun. Yeah. So I got my first bow, I guess, when I was 11 or 12. And uh, I just went from there and just, I, I'd done a lot of shotgunning with my grandfather. He taught me a lot of the basics. And so, again, it was just transferring a skill over from one to the other. Right. And I always, I always enjoyed doing the one. So I just thought, how is this? this? I'm still shooting something. So there must be something similar to this. Right. And so I just went from there. Hmm. Yeah. Did you find that, um, I mean, because if we were to look back at your videos, uh, you've, you obviously, you excel at it. I mean, your, your shots are incredible. And I think one of the videos, if not a lot of the videos that a lot of people are drawn to are like your trick shots and that. And we were talking just before I hit record here, kind of a little bit of the backstory about how you got into transitioning to trick shots. Maybe you can tell tell the audience what you're telling me before, but kind of the story and that and just like the yeah. benefit, what you thought, how it helped you with the with what you're going through. Well, it's just uh, number one, it's like I, I get bored easy. And I just standing at a target all day long and shooting, it, it just doesn't interest me. Right. So 
I, I like moving targets. I like the challenge of chasing something down and shooting it. And so I would watch Byron Ferguson and things and see on YouTube and see he'd do trick shots. And I think, yeah, I can do that. And so I would just, you know, try it for fun and, and do it. But it was also like, it was a good distraction. At the time I was going through some really bad health problems and um, the prognosis wasn't good. And so shooting was a great way for me to clear my mind and mm-hmm. take my mind off of things. Right. And that's when I started doing trick shots and trying to come up with new things to do. And you, you, you see that if you've ever watched my trick shots, notice that it's basically the, when I do the trick shot, normally it's the first time I ever did it. When you so recorded? First, yeah. Oh, really? And so there was, there was, there was ones where like Lucy gave me an idea where, you know, have a bullseye and then throw something up and have to hit both at the same time. What? So that was the one I little, I have a clay pigeon on the wall and I have a breath mint. Yeah. So I did that. And there was, this that was the first time I ever did that shot. The, you know, first time I ever hit two swinging things at the same time. First time I ever, so I just film it for fun. And, and then I just post it, whatever, you know, I didn't think very much of it. It's just shooting. And, you know, just, I, I have, always, I've never considered anything I do to be anything that no one else can't do if they want to. Um, I think uh, what the funny thing is, a lot of people haven't done it, especially the uh, the double candle wick swinging shot. If anyone hasn't seen, I'll post a video over top of this. But that shot was amazing. I mean, was there any sort of lead time to get to that point with shooting? Like, uh, like did you have to practice? Was that something? Because you said you you just get well, that was that that that's the first time I did it. That's insane. That, that video took me twenty one tries. I counted the takes twenty one tries to get it, but I think I hit one candle 15 times hmm. so out of 21 times at one candle 15 times nailed it the one time so but you know I, I always try to put my missus in there right because yeah. no one ever like that's the thing about trick shots people do a trick shot and oh, look how great I am I did this and this yeah, and yeah, exactly. but we know it took you 10 times to get it like so what I mean it's still it's fun to do but it doesn't make you special because a trick shot's only good if it's repeatable Right. If you can do it again and again and again and again, then it's doing well for you. But, you know, to just knock a one off and do that and, you know, without any of the background stuff behind it, you know, that's what's important. That's what's neat to me is like, geez, how many times did I actually take to get that darn thing? How many, you know, what did I go through to figure that out, you know, or to do that? And just to let people know, those those are all instinctive shots. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 you can't, you, there's there's no way that you could gap or do it. Like, I can't, I, I'm left-eye dominant, mm. and I'm actually strongly left-eye dominant. Um, and if I try to look at the point of my arrow, it's it's looking like this. Right. <laughs> I just can't, I have to close my eye. I have to close my eye. Mm-hmm. And then you lose all your depth perception. I, I don't want to shoot like that. I, I mm-hmm. like I've I've done that. I've messed around with gap and string walking just because I wanted to do it because I wanted to learn it because I think it was important to 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 expand and I can do that stuff, but I have to close my one eye, mm-hmm. and I just don't enjoy the shot process. Um, Would you say that uh, the trick shots of like uh, if someone to say like if I were to start trying it out is it uh beneficial to do like those type of high pressure shots and 
we just say the advantage is transferable to the actual hunt hunting process. If you're Absolutely. Like yeah. Okay. I figured that. Absolutely. Yeah. The more variety you get in, in the different types of shots, the more you see, the better you get. Mm. So doing the trick shots really did help me a lot to improve as well. Um, mm. And it gives you the confidence, you know, when you can hit a swinging candle at 25, 30 yards. Oh, for sure. That deer doesn't, you know, it's like as long as he doesn't jump the string, right? That's the most okay. important thing. Oh, and that's awesome. so that's it's just um it's fun that way it's it, it it does help like playing around and messing around with different things helps hmm. just like you know guys that like stump shooting and stuff like that right going out and and hitting that uh, uh dandelion flower or whatever and you know that's all that's all beneficial it's all good for for, for helping uh hmm. the hunting process for sure now uh from it what would you say uh what was the most common thing you'd be shooting though like when uh using a shot like that what was the most common thing you'd be hunting oh arch birds yeah yeah i used to do quite a bit of duck hunting and stuff like that coming to the decoys the odd jump shooting mm -hmm. um the best shot i ever made was on a duck as a mallard in a creek system i was with my buddy and uh this duck, this mallard went up and it was, it was uh, uh, right to left. And I just automatically picked up on it and I hit it right in the head. And he was just like, geez. And he, he said, he, he, later on, sitting by the fire, then he said, that shot, what did he say? He said it was 30% um, luck, 30% uh, skill, 30% karma, and 10% zen. <laughs> I think that's what he's said. That's awesome. So duck hunting, small bird hunting seems to be kind of like your, you know, a lot of those videos that you've emphasized, all your shots have been around is that fast twitch, fast flight bird uh, accuracy, right? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, like I've, I've hunted woodcock before with the bow and, you know, you're not, you're obviously not as successful. One of the things that's really fun to do, people should realize in, in, in the summertime, so go in a field and hunt dragonflies flying, you know, like from, you know, 15 yards away, try to shoot a dragonfly. And I tell you, it really changes your perspective on how you acquire the target and how you focus. It really helps focus like immensely because you have to really focus on that in order to even get close. And I have to be honest, nine times out of 10, those dragonflies, they live in a different world time-wise, right? They see time differently than we do. And so they'll jump the string. <laughs> they'll be in the air. And at that last second, you'll see them go like this. And the arrow fly right. You know, this is this. And because they can see the arrow coming, they just have a different perspective in time. But you know that it was a good shot when you see them move like that. And every once in a while, you catch one. But it's just fun. It's, it's just a, a great, fun thing to do. Um, and you know, people say, Oh, you shouldn't hunt dragonflies. Uh, well, I, I don't, I don't damage the population a whole lot. <laughs> I love that. I think I, I'm gonna have to try that for sure. Yeah, you should. It's a lot of fun. What kind of uh, what kind of tip do you use to hunt? Just like a like a small judo points, just like a regular field point to peck them off. You, you know, the judo points, yeah, okay, yeah, and Perfect. it's just nice because you, you pretty much can't lose them. 
they're hard to lose. Mm. And then the flu flus, of course. And the flu flus, right. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on turkey season? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Except that this year, like Lucy's out in uh, Whistler, BC right now. Right. And Will's going to be in Italy for most of the time. So I won't have my two best favorite hunting buddies with me. So I've been going out alone all the time. And it's just, it's just not the same. Right. It's more fun with when I have. What would you say your preparation for, uh, for Turkey is? How would you, you know, what's your preparation for Turkey? Calling. Calling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going totally different direction than what you thought. <laughs> but yeah, for 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 uh, shooting, yeah, it's just getting sharp. I made a video, I don't know, several years ago, where I was had a, a small little bottle about this big. I had a print of our turkey head on it, and it was just swinging, and it's just like it just just that kind of shooting to to anything moving fast. Just it, it, you know, it, it's it changes the way your mind focuses. Hmm. It allows you to focus really, really. If you if you focus, if you try, you can focus a lot more clearly on a moving target hmm. because you don't have time to question it. Right. Either you're in on it and focused or not. Huh. And so it's a great way to learn instinctive archery. Anything moving, swinging, throwing. Because it trains your mind to for target acquisition. And that's what instinctive archery is all about, is target acquisition. Acquiring that target, knowing what it's going to do, where it is. Right. And, and you know, I have, I, I have a problem with uh, target archery, like the, the color targets. Right. Because my mind, I, I, I you know, they have the yellow, right? And then they have the... The, the the red and then the blue and then the black. Yep. But they're this big, right? I see that. I see the whole freaking thing. I really have a hard time getting past those other colors to the yellow. Mm. And it's like, you know, if someone would have, you know, if, if, if nine women walked into a room naked, I'd have a hard time trying to focus on which set of breasts to look at. Right? And that's instinctive shooting right there. That's where I have a problem with target archery is I see all those rings and I cannot differentiate. It's like same thing when they have targets, like, you know, multiple targets, like one, two, three. Yeah. I see them all. Mm. I can't, my mind just works a certain way and I can't differentiate with them. Whereas if I just had that one little dot up there, right. not a problem, not a problem mm. at all. But I have a hard time getting rid of the noise that doesn't matter. And those, all those extra rings and colors, they're all noise that get in the way of me shooting. That's one of the reasons I don't like target archery. Right. Because I have a hard time getting rid of the noise, shooting instinctive. Mm -hmm. Now shooting with like a gap, you know, using trying to use the tip of the air, that kind of thing. Well, that enables someone to that would enable me to now focus because I'm using that sight pin. It's like a rifle, right? Use that sight pin on in that bullseye. And so that gets rid of the noise for you. Mm. But when you've got nothing to look at except what you're looking at, it's hard not to see all that stuff. Right. It's just, it's everybody's brain focuses and works differently. That's just the way mine is. And why I don't like, you know, shooting target archery. 
Hmm. I just have a hard time. I know you've been dealing with a lot of that controversy on, on instinctive and that, but I guess it's like what you said, sometimes it's kind of difficult to articulate to someone how you perceive it. First of all, it could be a lot of the, the problems that you were having. How do you convince or how do you explain to someone like how you see the world, right? That's right. Everybody sees it differently. Everybody will do it a little differently. And I, I get that all the time. I get a lot of hate from people. You know, no such thing as instinctive. You're aiming, you're aiming. No, because I'm left eye dominant. I'm also farsighted. I can't see my hand hardly without glasses. Right. So if I try to look at that tip of the arrow, it's a fuzz thing that's as big as my arm. Right. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't see it. And then not all that, but it's pointed in the wrong direction. Mm. So yeah, I don't I don't look at anything, the bow or bow hand or nothing. It's just it's like you know how you you can you can point to something without looking. Yeah. Right? You can just point automatically and you're there. That's just the way I shoot. It's it's a it's a pointing thing. And you know, like it's not for everybody. Some people can do it. So not everybody's a quarterback, not everybody's a linebacker, not everybody's a pitcher, not everybody's a catcher, right? Everybody's gonna have different strengths and weaknesses. And some people are gonna try instinctive archery and they're not gonna be able to do it. They don't have the same mind focus ability skill set they need to do it a certain way and that's fine but don't tell me it doesn't exist when you can't do it or say it doesn't work for you um and i'll be the first to admit that i'm not the guy you want on that you know 70 meter line shooting olympic oh right i'll be the first to admit i'm not going to be good on a 300 round and you know at lancaster or something like that I played with the idea of going down there one time and I was practicing and I just like, you know what? I just don't enjoy it. It's not because I can't do it. It's just, I just don't enjoy it. It's just not for me. I don't like that repetition. I like something new. Right. But you've been pretty vocal about that from as much as I've seen on your videos too. So it shouldn't be a surprise to people when you have that stance that, uh, you know, it's just your, it's, why everyone it's either they love what you've got which you know i think is yeah. awesome or they don't but you know to, to say that there's a you know to give you hate is ridiculous i think personally yeah i wrote a an article for a traditional bowhunter magazine i think it was in last uh, april may and i think it was called um oh, breaking down the, the instinctive mystique hmm. so i wrote it was it's over three thousand words and they, they gave me that latitude to, 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 to write that much. But I basically broke down instinctive archery, what it is to me, why I think it is, how I started, why I started, why I do what I do, how to, you know, like why it works, why it doesn't work. Right. Um, I can send it to you if you want and have a look yeah, at it. Yeah, by all means. And if there's anything yeah. like uh, that, you know, if, for those who haven't read it, is there any sort of points from that article that you'll want to just kind of bring up right now? Or, well, yeah, I, I it was a, a, few, a few years ago. I was I was uh, on a shooting forum, shotgunning, because I love shotgunning and, and 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 grouse hunting and stuff like that. And there was someone mentioned about uh, Robert Churchill, right? And his his method of instinctive shotgunning. Well, right away that like caught my eyebrows, like instinctive shotgunning, like. Because I learned archery from shotgunning. 
And it's not like, you know, they have the bead on the other shot. I've never paid attention to the bead at the end of the shotgun. Right. Again, it's the same thing. I'm just looking at And so I say, whoa. And so I, I, I got, I bought his book. It's called Game Shooting. And it basically turned out to be what I think is the best explanation for instinctive archery there is. <laughs> well, there you go. Game shooting, guys. Take note. I'll put the link in the description. Yeah, I can send you, I'll send you a picture of what the book looks like. And Robert Churchill, it was, he did it, wrote it in like the forties, but here's a style of shooting that's well-respected in the shotgunning community and taught in exclusive, you know, all these fancy shotgunning clubs all around the world. Now, oddly enough, they have the same thing going on in the shotgunning world that we do in the archery where there's no such thing as instinctive. You have to, you know, so they'll have the same issues they have people that are all on board with this instinctive shotgunning there's people that aren't and again i think it just comes to the fact that not everyone's a catcher not everyone's a pitcher you know and so you have to find out what works for you and and, and how to do it um but yeah so that's that's what got me uh uh so when i when i wrote that article i base it on that on the, those methods and it all comes down to, like, you'll talk about gun fit and mount, right? Shooting frame. Yep. Fundamentals, right? Anchor point. Bowhand. Mounting a gun, shooting. And in the article, I got a picture of my son shooting a shotgun and shooting a bow at the same spot. And it's like, he's like this, and he's like this. It's like same nothing. Form. His frame is the same. Same format. Same fundamentals are, are similar. And so, you know, and it's about then again, it's about how you see, how you pick a target. Like when you're shooting a duck, you don't shoot the whole duck. You pick the head. You pick the furthest part in the lead, the smallest point you can think. The same thing in archery. You do the same thing, right? You pick the smallest spot. You focus on that small point. And they'll say that when you're shooting clays, just Focus on the small, smallest little pinhead spot on the clay in the beginning of the tech. Mm. And so it, all the concepts are exactly the same as instinctive archery. And so it's about how to, how to see your shot and how to move with the shot, right? Follow through. Again, archery's follow through, right? You have to, you know, you, you can't be dropping that or flailing that bowhand or when you're shooting moving target, you got to flow with it, right? Right. But that hand, bow hand has to stay on target. And if you've got, you know, good back tension, that hand's automatically going to come back to that, what I refer to as always the second anchor point. Right. Right. And so basically I broke down the article that way. And I talked about how people have different swings and like, like in golf, for example, you know, like you have to start off at the basics, a basic fundamentally shooting frame. Yep. And this is for a teaching purpose. Because I know you'll get a guy like Ishii, right? You know, it's just how are you going to teach that? You can't teach that. You have to start off with a basic plan. So you're going to, uh, there's a guy, there's a golfer, like, I don't know if you remember back in the 60s and 70s, Lee Trevino. Yeah, I heard him. Yeah, Lee Trevino. Yep. He was considered to be one of the best ball strikers that ever played the game. Now he had one of the worst looking swings you could ever imagine. But what was important to him was the four inches before and the four inches after the golf ball. So that was eight inches. That's what mattered, right? And so 
he had just a method where he could control that swing and do that. And that's what mattered. The four inches before the ball and the four inches after the ball. That's what mattered for his club face, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you teach that swing? You can't. So when I teach golf, I teach like Johnny Miller, uh, the classic, one of the best golf swings that ever played the game. And so, you know, you have to start somewhere and then right. you take it and then you adopt it to your body type. You know? And I guess your shot style just naturally evolves from that foundation too, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll send you that article and you can uh, uh, have a read on it. And, yeah, that'd be great. Love you. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of it because I think it explains it really well from my perspective. And not, not everyone that shoots instinctive is going to have the same perspective either. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that I'm absolutely right in the way it works. That's just right for the way how I see it and how it works for me. Right. I think, you know, for me, I kind of try and pay attention to everyone's successes and then, you know, obviously try to work what I think could be beneficial into what my shot is. And, you know, I think uh, there are people who always want to emulate the people they think is the most successful. And maybe it's a disservice to them to they're robbing their own style eventually by trying too hard to mimic someone else's. Mm -hmm. You start off with the fundamentals. Right. And you work on those. And then, like, you go from there. And so after you shoot and shoot and shoot, after a while, things become you know, ingrained, right? Well, definitely. I'll, I'd love to get the article and I'll try to overlay some of the, uh, the, the points visually into this discussion after the fact. But uh, I think, uh, you know, we can obviously go on forever about instinctive shooting, but uh, let's talk about hunting. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about hunting. Let's talk about some of our most memorable moments. Because here in Ontario, we got some pretty cool stuff to hunt. And uh, yeah. like you were saying before, we're talking about moose. On your Instagram, you got tons of pics, but uh, what's your most memorable hunting experience? What's the thing that either happened the better than you realize, or maybe it just like totally one, one most, the, yeah, went totally one of the most memorable hunts is, is uh, I was uh, when I had that illness, I had chemotherapy and a stump cell transplant. I went from 225 pounds to 184 pounds, no, 174 pounds. That's a significant loss. And it was mostly muscle tissue mm. because of the disease I have. Right. And so it was, uh, I got to the hospital in uh, about the third week of February. And in that first season, it would have been, you know, May, I went out and got a turkey. And that was a really nice thing because that was one of those things that yeah okay you know what because they, they, they say they never knew whether the procedure was going to work or right. what was happening but just the way things were that you know i went out and i i, I made a I, I got my first my first turkey that year it was a, with my bow and it was a jake but i shot it at about 18 yards made a great shot on it and that was just a nice feeling for me that things were going to get better <laughs> And uh, it, it that was that's a really memorable hunt for myself. Mm. Um, I'll never forget that feeling of uh, succeeding that way and and doing it. That's great. Yeah. 
That's after you know, not knowing being in a hospital, not knowing whether I was going to live or not. So, <laughs> was there anything that happened? Uh, you got a wealth of experience that's uh, where it didn't go what you thought. Oh, all the time, especially deer hunting. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I seem to be notorious of having deer come in on my off my right shoulder. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And always, I, I tell you, nine times out of ten, um, I've got a hundred percent chance of getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you because I don't, like, I, I I don't uh, hunt at a tree stands. I I uh, I bought my man card at a discount store. I, I can't go past four runs on the ladder. I'm yeah. just too afraid of heights. So everything is always ground hunting to me. Uh, still hunting, you know. I'll basically head into the woods and say, oh, where am I going to go today kind of thing. And, right. And try to figure out where they're moving or where I think they're going to move. And, and so, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not very, very seldomly do I hunt the same spot twice. Right. Um, because I'm always looking for something new and different. And uh, so you, you, you might, I might come by a, a trail that I think looks good and then I'll see a spot and I can sit there for an hour. And so I'll do that. Hmm. But nine times out of ten, like I say, they'll come off a trail behind me or something like that. This, the spot you don't want. Always the yeah. spot, huh? Yeah, I remember one time it was uh, it was wintertime. We had December. It was, uh, I think it was Boxing Day or the day after Boxing Day. And we had quite a bit of snow on the ground. So I went back. And, went, and there's one spot where I knew there was a good trail. I knew there were going to be deer coming up. Sure enough, I'm sitting down on the ground. I've got a a white wool sweater on and uh you know i'm just sitting on the ground with my bow there and these deer come walking up and there's like nine or ten of them and there's this the huge buck nice big 10 point and then there was an eight point behind it and then there was a couple smaller bucks and then there was you know four or five does and they were all kind of moving together and they got to the point where there was a deer behind me. Yeah. There was this beautiful buck that came right there. Just perfect broadside. So I go, I go to lift my bow. The Velcro on my shooting glove caught on my wolf sweater. No. So I'm like, it's, I can't get it off. And you know, they and it was one of those things where it was like old and quiet and still. And yeah. so like you can hear their breathing, you can hear everything, right? And so hearing that, that would just destroy it, right? Yeah. It's and so it's like, oh, what are we going to do? And so I can't, like, I'm right in visual. I'm, I'm, I'm as I get 12 yards roughly. And I can't move to fix it because they're going to see me. And so I, just, I have to make it. So I try it and I gently do that. And then, next thing, you know, and snorting all over, all over my eyes. So, you get lots of that. And that's what made, and I remember one time was Lucy, this was, this was for her first, she still hadn't gotten her first year. And, and uh, we went out and my wife had taken my son to a hockey practice. And then we decided that oh, we're going to go out to dinner afterwards and we'll just meet you there. Okay. But what time meet you there? Oh, about five o'clock. Okay. So we went out, Lucy and I went out for a hunt and she went out this one spot 
And I went out to another. Now my head wasn't in the game because I kept on thinking, I got it. We've got to be out there in time to get out there for dinner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was never in the game. So I busted some does just, you know, that came in. I just wasn't there. And so that, oh crap. So I waited and then I realized, okay, you know, I, I, I we got to start going. And so I just get up, I start walking out sloppy. Right. And so I get to where Lucy is and she's madder than hell at me because I busted two bucks just as they were coming into her shooting. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I still hear about that today. <laughs> and, it's one of those, uh, one of those dad moments. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> Thanks, you know, dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, that's what's, that's what makes it all fun. Right. You get stuff like if everything went well the whole time. You wouldn't have any fun. It would be boring. Yeah, exactly. You know what? So I mean, I mean, everyone's proud of the moments that obviously do do go right, but I think some of the best stories are the ones that totally screw up on you, just like that, right? I mean, everyone's got them, but there's so much. They're fun to share too, right? Well, yeah, and that's that makes it real, mm. right? We've all had those perfect moments that animal comes in, you make the perfect shot and stuff like that, but they never really resonate the same way, right? Um, you know, except for, you know, my son got, when, when, when your kids get their first one, that's always the most, that to me always be the most special hunt of anything I've ever done. And like when Will got his first, he was just 12 and he, 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 people are going to get all mad. He shot it with a crossbow and like, so what? He shot it with a crossbow at six yards. Okay. And so he was 12 years old and a friend of mine, Ian had this, uh, old Barnett crossbows, wooden crossbow. And, uh, you know, here, he, he, Ian got his, shot his first deer with it. We got his nephew shot his first deer. It's this, this crossbow means a lot to all of us, you know. And then so, you know, had, had Will went out and picked the spot. It was Will's hunt. So he picked the spot where to go. And that whole first season, he, he, he kept passing up does because he wanted to shoot a buck. And it's like, yeah, you know, like I'm going like, oh, I'll let you shoot. I'd like to shoot something too sometime. Hurry up. <laughs> but anyway, he's taking his time. And, and you know, for a 12-year-old kid to pass on does, they're clearly easy shots. It's a lot and of restraint. A lot of restraint and respect for him, right? Yeah. So anyway, we'd go out. And then so we had this one time where this buck came in and busted us. Came just about right on top of us. Okay, you know that we lived through that. So the next day we went out. No, it was next week because it was the actually we went out the day after rifle season here. So he goes, "Where are you going to go?" We go, "Well, we got to go in the swamp. That's where they are because they're all been hiding in the rifle season." Okay, so we go out there. He picks the spot. I bring out the antlers and I do a little bit of rattling, and then this one buck comes in. It's on a string. Respond that those antlers and he came right into like six yards, mm. and uh, he makes the perfect shot. But what was really hard about it is is the the bowl, you know, they're only this long, right? Yeah. Well, it only went in about that far. Jeez, like, what the freak happened here? Yeah. Now my friend Ian had expandables on it. And he swore by them. I was going to put a fixed blade. He said, no, just keep that. That's what works well. So we kept that under. Anyway, the bolt only went in part way and the deer took off. And we, you know, 
left it sit for a little while, 20 minutes, half an hour. And then we started, you know, we, uh, Will goes and picks up the blood trail. He's doing this all on his own, right? And I'm just kind of uh, following him around. And he's went, and so he finds the bolt. Yeah, it's broken, it's, you know. So then what happens is we bust the deer. The deer takes off and we're deep in the swamp, right? And uh, so I said, you know what, we got to back out. We got to leave him come back in the morning because it was, we we're starting to lose our light. Right. And uh, so we left him and, you know, we'll had a, we both had a sleepless night that night. Yeah. Cause you don't want to fish your first, right? Yeah, of course. And uh, so he goes back and he picks up the trail again. Within 15 minutes, he found the buck dead right where we thought it had gone to after we busted it. And so Will had found it. He recovered it. Um, it was just like a, a really proud moment to see this 12-year-old kid handle himself like a seasoned hunter, like as well as any seasoned hunter could. And just the experience that he had, I guess, is chasing me around too, you know, following me around all those years. I guess things rub off, I guess, maybe. But, but that was that was one of them. It was a beautiful six-point, big-bodied, wide uh, just a beautiful deer and uh, just very proud of him. It was a really nice, uh, nice moment. And, you know, as again, it was, it was with a crossbow. So uh, like he had to do all the work he had to, you know, we had to get it in six yards just because he didn't use a, and the thing is he was shooting at the time, but he was 12. Right. And Probably so, better they did use that in all honesty. I mean, all the hunting principles are still there that you're taking in, but yeah, the process is a touch different. Yeah. And I mean, he developed into quite a, he's got, he's got amazing form. He's, he, he's, he's developed quite a really good shot. Um, he hasn't shot very much in the last few years. None of us really have really, but because he's working down in Kitchener right now. Right. Um, he, went, he went to school, university and same with Lucy went to university. And so they both graduated and, um, he's working down at Shooter's Choice. I don't know if you know them. Down in Kitchener, the big gun shop. I'm not quite familiar, personally, but... Yeah, when he went, he, it was uh, about 10 minutes from where he lived at university. So he got the job. It's his second year university, and he's been working there ever since. But he's yeah. uh, he, he teaches handgun safety courses, and he's a range officer, and he's a gun gun room manager. I don't. He's not going to do it too much longer, I don't think. Because he's going to be looking for other things. Yeah, with all the crazy laws coming through, how you know it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a great job for him for the past I don't know how many years, uh, five years, six years or so, and uh, we'll see where he goes from there. But um, hopefully, nothing but the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a smart kid, so that's good. So, what I would like to actually ask you, uh, kind of speaking of kids in a way because you obviously had a chance to teach them right from the beginning what you've learned and everything if you were to go back and teach yourself like uh, what you could do differently would there be anything you kind of coach yourself on how to like uh form other kind of things that you would just kind of know better and like want to teach yourself from the very beginning well yeah my 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 learning curve would be so much shorter obviously because <laughs> you know I, I, to me, I'm going to go down to that, that whole bit about shotgunning again is the mount. 
mounting a gun. Mm-hmm. So shooting frame. Right. Um, one of the things that people don't realize about shooting frame, and, you know, if you don't have your shooting frame, you lose range of motion. If you're hunched, your back is hunched, you're leaned over like this, you don't have the same range of motion for back tension than you do up here. Right. You'll notice that if you're hunched over and you're drawn, you're going to lose an inch and a half to two inches in length in your arrow. Right. So you're going to actually lose your draw length. When is you, as soon as you hear you, then you can expand through your chest. Right. So you watch here. I expand through my chest now. Now, all of a sudden, my draw length is include, you know, two inches longer than it would be if I was hunched over like this. Right. So, so maintain that shooting frame. I think that's just so, so important because it, it gives you that starting point. Starting on a lot of the, the trad police are going to get at me and say, oh, you know, you can, yeah, you can shoot however you want. You can shoot standing on your head if you want. If it works for you, fine. But if you're just starting out, that's a good place to start. You might as well start out at the most optimum place. And then whatever, you know, whatever your shooting frame works for you, that's what you need to start off with. But people don't realize that when you don't have that shooting frame, you're losing draw length and you're losing the ability for those mechanics to move motion because you're hindering. I can't expand my chest when I'm here. Here, I can expand my chest through the shot. I can't do it when I'm down here because my back shoulders hunched over. It's like, you know, you're like, it's like this, right? For this to contract, this has to expand. Right. So for my back muscles to contract, my chest has to expand. Mm. If I don't have that range of motion, I can't contract very well. So now I'm going to use my arms to pull instead of my back muscles. Yeah, that's so great. That's probably the... The singular most thing I would say to people starting out is um, get that shooting frame established. And then, and listen then you up, can, people, listen close to Jeff. He knows. Jeff knows. Well, I know for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my own personal opinion. Uh, I think in any sport, you know, shooting a foul shot, foul line, you get your frame in place first. And make things repeatable, hmm. right? And for optimum motion and optimum movement. Because um, you have to look at the movement that's required to complete that shot. Right. Right. And so that's, that's to me, is that that's the number one thing on anything, is getting that shooting frame established. Hmm. And wow. once you have that, then it's just a matter of going through the motions. Right. Um, I think uh, so many people have different sh- things, their problems with the shooting. And they'll say, you know, it's, it's my release or it's my bow hand or it's this or that. Well, 90% of the problems that are associated with shooting are associated with back tension. Fix the shooting frame to fix the back tension. And then those things will go away. <laughs> mm. And all of a sudden, your release won't be bad anymore because you have the back tension controlling the release. That's amazing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, Jeff, it's been, uh, 
I've taken so much out of this. I mean, like I said before earlier, I've been watching your videos forever. And obviously visually when you watch them, you can, it's, it's easier to see you take the shot and to talk about it when you're actually showing it. But uh, where can people find you now? You've been off YouTube for a bit, but where are you, where are you at now? I know you're on Instagram, but uh, if you could let the audience. Really Instagram. I don't have a cell phone, so I don't, uh, I'm not, I'm not on social media a whole lot. I, I I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know. Making videos is okay. I don't want to do videos anymore. I don't want to be in that public eye. I just want to kind of melt into the background. And I, I'm enjoying writing. I'm, I'm I'm doing quite a bit of writing now. I've, I've got a few more articles that are going to be coming up in Traditional Bow Hunter. And I write Frontier Out of Doors. I write for um, Project Upland. There's a, some other magazines I'm working at getting into too. So I'm just enjoying uh, doing some outdoor writing now. and. That's the way I'm trying to voice my opinion over videos. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Well, you know, everything you have done in the past and, you know, hopefully everything that you do now and present into the future, people can look on and appreciate because you've had such such an impact, I'm sure, on not just me, but there's been a lot of people that I'm sure you've affected that you don't, you're not even aware of. So I'm I mean, just, hopefully that uh, hopefully that continues. I'm just glad that, 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 that those things have helped. I mean, that's the, that's the whole reason I made them is to, um, you know, I, the, 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 the satisfaction I get of them is when people are happy. Yeah. And, uh, I got a nice message from a fellow the other day because I wrote a, there's a piece in, in, in traditional bow hunter. Now it's understanding back tension. And so he wrote to me and he said it was a game changer for him. Mm. And it's like, wow, that, that makes me feel really good. You know, that, that makes me feel, that's what makes me happy. To write an article like that is to have someone read it, and then all of a sudden the light goes on in their head, and then they understand something. Because back tension is one of those things that's really difficult to understand. People talk about it, but um, you know, and that's one of the things thing, when I when I when I talked about introducing the, the 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 second anchor point years ago, I did the video where I made what they called the second anchor point. Yep. Didn't really talk about back tension, but it's about it's more of a teaching method in trying to get people because not everybody is going to understand things the same way, right? And so I was really happy to see that when I did that, a lot of people that couldn't get understand back tension understood what I meant when I said about having that, and so they start focusing a different method, and they're getting good results. So that made me happy. Well, I know my wife thought I was crazy when all of a sudden I was just sitting by my computer just practicing the the second uh, the second anchor foot. I so I think one video suggested try just 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 to practice. So I was doing that yeah. nonsense. People, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, I, I'm just doing what Jeff told me to do. Just practice. <laughs> What's well, muscle memory, right? <laughs> like it's Was funny. Like right? this, they say some of the best practice you can do when you're going to sleep. It's just like the visualization. Visualization. Mm. And you can visualize and do that same shot over and over and over again, but your, your, your muscles don't recognize the difference. Your right. mind doesn't recognize the difference. Mm. If you, if you focus your attention, you, you'll see all the great, like guys like Sidney Crosby and stuff like that. You know, you'll see them before the game, well before anyone's near the ice or in the arena and they'll be sitting on the bench, just with their stick going like this, looking at the ice. And they're just visualizing in their head themselves in that moment, right? 
I think uh, I've heard other archers talk about that too. And I think that's a, a massive part of it. I think that's a tremendous aspect of just mm -hmm. of being a being a human is having that gift to visualize it. To visualize well, I talk about that with shooting too. And I, I talk about that with instinctive archery, like wing shooting, for example. You know, we've all had that. I don't know if you've ever done any duck hunting. But anyone who's duck hunted have had that opportunity where they've seen those half a dozen mallards from 200 yards away. And they're coming straight into your decoys. And as they're coming in, you know they're coming in. And as they're coming in, you're, 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 you're in your mind, you're going through a checklist. You're going there, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, and I'm going to put, and they're going to swing this way, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And they get on top of you, and you unload your gun, and you haven't hit a thing. And it's like, what the heck? Because you weren't in the moment. You were playing around with your checklist. You were playing around with doing what you think you should do. Right. And then the next, next, next time you'll have a, a green wing teal come at Mach 1 in the corner of your decoys, in the corner of your eye, and you just go up and boop, knock it down. And you go, how did I do that? Because you didn't overthink yourself out of the moment. As soon as you start to think about your shot, you're now behind because you're not living in that moment anymore. You're living in the past. You can't catch up. And so if you're thinking about the shot when you're shooting, you, you got to think about that bird going down, not about how you're going to approach the bird. That's the best. That's the best advice right there. Yeah, your mind has to be in finishing. It's like, you know, I mentioned that in this article, I talked about golf again. And so you come to a hole in golf and, you know, it'd be like out of bounds on the left. And then there's water, river coming through. Yeah. And it's like, where do people do? They either hit it out of bounds or in the river. Or they hit it so far right, they're on another fairway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because their mind is telling them where to hit it. And your mind can't differentiate between good and bad, mm. right? If you, you've got Tiger Woods, you think he's thinking about out of bounds when he's hitting? No. No, not at all, obviously. No, he doesn't even come into his equation. Uh, the out of bounds in the river hazard doesn't even come into his equation. It's not even in his mind. Because only in his mind is where he wants that ball to land on the green, right? Whereas all of us other hacks we're worried about going out of bounds, so we put it out of bounds because that's where our mind is. Mm. And that's why, you know, like guys with target panic. So target panic is people worried about where they're going to hit it or shoot. Right? If you're, if you're worried you're going to miss, you're going to miss. It's like, you know, if you think you can, you think you can't, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so it's that mind frame of being in the moment and not being in the past being there and 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 because if you're worried about lead and you're trying to do lead well you're already behind the bird and you're already going to miss because your mind can't catch up to the moment mm -hmm. so your mind has to be in the moment it starts in your mind your eyes are just the pathway to get there that's awesome yeah and it's like it's not it's it's it's, it's, it's you know it's not an easy thing to do um, and it was just saying, you know, like it's, it's about having that confidence built up. That's the other part of instinctive. And that's the other part of what, what Robert Churchill talks about in his book is having the faith and be able to actually pull the shot off, knowing that you can do it mm. so that you're not thinking about the shot. You're just reacting to the shot.
And that's what instinctive archery is, is reacting to the shot. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was big. That was a big point right there. I mean, that was, (laughs) I got to highly emphasize what you just said about all of that because the visualization, the moment, I mean, like you said, how can, how could you really teach that? It's something that you just have to either experience and get to. Mm -hmm. Once you, once you're there, you don't even realize you're even there, you're in it. But I was going to say, you know, like we've all had those ducks come into the decoys where you line them up and you're ready Mm -hmm. and you miss and you're going like, what the heck? And then that one comes out of nowhere and you just react. Yeah. Your mind is way stronger and way better at calculating and doing things than you are. Hmm. If you have, you have to let it happen. That's what instinctive archery is, just letting it happen and having faith in that shot and knowing that you're going to hit it. If I go into any, like say, you know, all those trick shots, if I go into any of those trick shots thinking I'm not going to miss it, I'll miss. Miss for sure. Hmm. So our mindset has to be, you should be surprised if you miss, not surprised if you get it. That's awesome. And that's why people talk about hitting a swinging candle, because they're not surprised if they miss. They're surprised if they get it. Uh, And that's the wrong flip side. You should be like surprised if you miss, because your mind's in the right spot. And so that's the mindset that you have to have when you're shooting or playing any sport, any professional athlete, Tiger Woods, you know, Wayne Griffith, they were all, you know, they were, they they were surprised if they miss. And that's what it should be. That's perfect. That's how could, how could we top that? That's the best way to to wrap that one off. That's perfect. That's (laughs) one of my favorite lines. I'm I'm surprised that I missed. Yeah. I love it. Jeff, you are the best, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And, you know, uh, I'm going to put all the links to your YouTube in the description and uh, obviously your Instagram. Like I know you said you're not actively doing anymore, but for those who want to catch up to everything you have done, I mean, the work is timeless. It can transfer generations. Technically, you showed the foundation in them. So I suggest highly everyone follow back on just uh, videos on YouTube. And do do you mind if people reach out to you on Instagram if they have any questions? No, I've never... I've always had, and people contact me. I always, uh, if I see, yeah, oh, I, I, I'm usually checking at least once a day. Okay, perfect. For something to do, and and so I usually see messages. Um, That's excellent, Jeff. I really I appreciate it. it. Yeah, I really appreciate taking the time to do this, and I hope everyone got uh, a lot out of it. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was nice to meet you. I really appreciate it, Jeff. Yeah, take care. Take care. Bye bye.